We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Welcome to the Heavy Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Carlo Navas. And with me today is not producer co-founder Brian Goins. He is absent today, but in his stead, we have our statistician and pun master, Nikias Duncan. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you. In a minute. We also have our professional screw-up, Alex Soledo. What's up? And joining us today, Maiden Voyage on the program, he Twitter legend, Frankie Garcia. It's about damn time. Yo, I've been promising Frankie since like January. We went to watch a Celtics Sixers game at a bar. I told him, yeah, dude, we're going to get you on the show. It's going to be great. 
Yeah, man, man, where can people man. follow you? Uh, Frankie G underscore on Twitter. Frankie with a Y. So follow that content there. Always good stuff during the season. And season's coming back, people. Remember that. Basketball is fast approaching a couple weeks. But today, I kind of wanted to start in kind of a, a little bit of a weird note. Uh, happened not that many like hours ago. Dwayne Wade kind of stepped in it. Uh, you know, the whole for for those of you who don't know, Nick Cannon. Uh, let's go, let's go through the current events. Let's go from top to bottom chronologically so we can all kind of understand the story of what the hell happened that was so weird and kind of like unsettling. So Nick Cannon uh has his stuff on Viacom, which is a parent company of like MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, all that stuff. He has his show on he has like wilding out and all that stuff. And uh, they refused the parent company refused to put Black Lives Matter, George Floyd advertisement, protest information uh, on his on his during his shows. So he wanted kind of more propriety ownership. He wanted to take back the stuff. He wanted more control. So he had this whole thing. And then he went on his podcast uh, and kind of said some anti not not kind of he said anti-Semitic stuff. He was kind of peddling anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. He was saying kind of the, the normal white supremacist talking points that they typically say about Jewish people. Um, so then that happens. He gets fired. And then Dwayne Wade tweets today, like, keep, keep being a leader at Nick Cannon and some like emojis, right? So that happens. And uh, we're all kind of like, well, what? No, no, not Dwayne. Like, not, not Dwayne. Like, <laughs> not Dwayne. Uh, so he, he kind of backpedals, he deletes it. Then he kind of sends an apology. That's not really an apology. He's like, Oh, I wasn't talking about his comments. I was talking about him controlling his own content. Uh, and right before that, he was trying to tweet through it. So he was just like tweeting, retweeting stuff and like sending emojis. It made no sense. After like 20 minutes, he said that thing. And then after like another 10, 15 minutes, he then clarified and said, Hey, listen, like, I don't, support any anti-Semitic comments. Like I am not about hate speech, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of where it ended. And, and then the blue check mark fiasco happened on Twitter just now that blue check marks lost their ability to tweet. Uh, Obama and Apple got hacked and people were like stealing Bitcoin. He's going to be the best part of the day. You know, it's like, it's been a wild five hours. So like, I don't know, like Nikias, what do you make of everything that happened with Dwayne? Like that was a lot. And I, I don't even know if he adequately apologized. I know that there's been a lot of discourse on the timeline. Um, it's kind of odd for me because I'm I'm I shouldn't really have a say in what is enough of an apology and what isn't, just because those comments don't directly affect me. What I will say is that when you have as large of a platform as Dwayne Wade does, it's your responsibility, even without a even without the check mark or whatever, like it's his responsibility to kind of vet and make sure he knows what he's supporting and who he's supporting. So it would appear that he basically offered some blind support to Nick Cannon, who is a friend of his and a friend of Gabrielle Union's, which on the surface, whatever, friends stick up for each, for each other, that's a surprising there. But that's kind of his first pitfall because he didn't really check in to see what the outrage was about. So then once he once he basically just tweeted out support with really no context, it's just we're behind you, Nick Cannon, keep being a leader behind Nick Cannon peddling some anti-Semitic stuff. It looks like Dwayne is co-signing the anti-Semitic stuff. I personally don't believe that he has that 
you know, he has issues with Jewish people. However, the perception of that was awful. So the first thing he should have done was apologize. And that wasn't the first thing he did. He kind of let it ride. Tweet through he, it. She uh, deleted it, just started qu- tweeting some random <laughs> stuff. Um, gave a quick congrats to Kevin Love on something. It was just very bizarre behavior. And I even tweeted, I'm just like, this man deleted the tweet and just started going, started quote tweeting stuff. Like, that's <laughs> not, that's, that's just not, that's, that's not enough. Like, I can't say what the retribution should be, but like, that clearly wasn't enough. I am glad that he clarified and then later apologized, kind of. But it's, I mean, it's just disappointing. Like at, at the bare minimum, he has to, he has to know what he's attaching his name to. And like, he, he has been famous for far too long to not have that basic principle down. So I was surprised that. that it took so long for him to A, delete the tweet and then B, to like, like, I was like, who the hell's advising you, Dwayne? <laughs> Come on. Like it's, yeah, like he, he's too smart for that, man. And like, he's dealing... And with him having a trans daughter, knowing just kind of the flag that he catches from that, like he has to he has to recognize, hey, if he's co-signing like Louis Farrakhan, who is what Nick uh, Nick Cannon was co-signing, like he's he's homophobic. Like even attaching your name to something like that is an issue, and it kind of goes against what he's been trying to push. So I mean, it, it was just it was just very disappointing for him to attach his name like that. It looked it looked like it was more ignorance than like actual hatred, but that ignorance was still kind of uh, disappointing. You know, Nikias, I think that Dwayne has built up as much goodwill as a professional person can. That I think most people's first reaction was, "This has to be out of ignorance." Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way. Like on the timeline, it was like, "No, Dwayne, please, like, <laughs> please, it's like, like yeah. it was, it was." he's built up so much goodwill and has been a pillar in this community. And, you know, we listen, we know Dwayne and we know, we're close to Ethan Skolnick of five on the floor, five reasons sports. We know that, you know, Ethan's Jewish is very close to Dwayne. I think we know where Dwayne stands on a lot of social issues. So I think we were kind of hoping that, okay, Dwayne, uh, yeah, that was totally a mistake. You probably didn't know what Nick said. Uh, and it, it took a little long and it made it uncomfortable. Yeah. Frank, I see you shaking your head. Yeah, um, I, I woke up from a nap and then and I saw your message about the Dwayne debacle. So I slept through all that. And I was like scrambling on Twitter to catch up because I'm like, what the hell did Dwayne do? Because you, th- it's just one thing. Dwayne just really has had his whole career uh, in and he like really stays out of any trouble. You know, he had uh, uh, the that public uh divorce with his ex-wife and and now recently with his trans daughter uh all the the stuff going on there but you know like you usually Dwayne is pretty good about you know keeping his his name out of uh, any headlines for anything bad so i i'm i'm with Nikaias. i think he's just he just threw blind support out there he didn't like really look into what he was uh saying and what what Nick was doing uh with all that that stuff he was saying. So you were essentially Donald Glover in the community gif of Donald Glover with the pizza coming <laughs> and the room's on fire. That was you waking up from your nap? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I like, woke up I, and Dwayne Wade is canceled? What the hell happened? I was ready to talk Jimmy Butler faking a practice sweat. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I see my hero is, is doing this, man. What Come a nightmare. 
<laughs> Alex, did you see how the timeline was melting? I've never seen that. Oh my god! It was like honestly, there's already like enough depressing stuff, and that just added like fuel to the fire. I'm just like, oh no! Like 2020 it, really came. For it that. comes for everyone. <laughs> you know, the the thing I thought about was so Alex, do you remember when Brandon Tobin was trying to get the the street named after Dwayne? And the yeah, city yeah. said, we don't name streets after living people. Yeah. One of the first things they thought of was, ah, that's why they don't do that. <laughs> I mean, the example is Jose Canseco, right? It's obviously Dwight's not Jose Canseco. Um, Cosby. Yeah. It's, so, I listen, I don't think any of us are Jewish. Um, and I've talked to some of my Jewish friends and I know that they're really conflicted and they just really wanted the apology. So it's not really for us to say what Dwayne has to do to get forgiveness from, I mean, frankly, South Florida, I think it's what the second or third highest populace of Jewish people uh, outside of Israel. Uh, there's a massive Jewish population here and a lot of that really love him. So it, I know it's difficult and it's complicated, but you know, it's not really for us or for other people on the timeline that are saying, well, okay, this is adequate apology. Not necessarily for us. Isn't to uh, is Mickey Harrison Jewish? Am I remembering I don't know. that? I was correctly? wondering that. I think he, if, if I remember that correctly, I think he is. But that's why I was posing the question. I don't. Yeah, I'm not too I'm sure, not sure, but I'm sure that. Listen, I'm sure that he got a lot of text messages and phone calls from people uh, that are close to him. I know that you're going to do five on the floor later. I'm sure Ethan's going to talk about that. So make sure to check out all our friends at five on the floor. Alex, Leif, Alf. Apparently Ethan. he is. Huh? For my for my quick Googles, apparently he is. There you go. Okay. So probably that I mean probably not feelings hurt, but it's not again, it's not for us to decide. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the news of the day. Uh and I do want to get into some some more like some more some more fun stuff, right? So Jimmy Butler, right? So we have this bubble. We have some positive tests. Russell Westbrook, is is James Harden confirmed positive? No. James Harden's not. He's just not no. there yet. There okay. was some rumors about it, and uh you know, there's he, he already kind of rejoined the team in Orlando, and there was people, there was other reporters like denying that you know, he actually was ever positive for COVID. So I don't know. Right now, he either way, uh, he has to do, he has to, he has to go negative three times, right? Yeah. Before you can, so, before he can enter the bubble. There you go. I wonder. I, I don't know if we'll find out if he ever got it, but yeah, there was definitely so. conflicting information. Well, he's definitely in Orlando because the Rockets yeah. tweeted yesterday that he arrived. Yeah. Did you see so, they're getting that? Uh, <laughs> did you see what Austin Rivers put up today? No, what happened? No. So yeah, I think I don't know if it was like on Instagram Live or something. He, you know, they were just kind of he was just kind of recording, and it was like this huge shoe rack, and you know, a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. And Russ and Harden had this huge area dedicated for them, like a bunch That'd of be- shoes. So, I mean, it's just filled with stuff. And then the, the rest of the Rockets, all their shoes. And I mean, it was like in this very small, <laughs> very small little container compared to what Russ and Harden got. And Yo, then somebody put that next to, to a PJ picture. Tucker. Somebody Start put that next there. to a picture of a headline where Trevor Reza was, was kind of uh, annoyed that they were getting special treatment. So I thought that was funny. That is hilarious. Yo, if I'm PJ Tucker, I'm like, yo, who the hell is doing all the work that y'all don't want to do? They should give PJ all that space. I don't understand why PJ Tucker is taking like a hundred pairs of shoes. Like, is he is he wearing a different pair to each meal? Like, is he switching in between practice drills? Like, I don't understand why he has that many. 
Did he's you see like Doc? A, he's like a seven on the scale where where ten is Dr. Dre getting you know uh, the Air Force having, having a new, yes a <laughs> Yo, new pair of Air Force every day. I know they're hard to like clean. My God. Didn't they also say that they're not showing the uh, pregame walk walk in uh, that they usually do on game days and stuff? Oh, they were. Yeah. They got over. They got overturned. Oh, really? Okay. Why not? Was there any any explanation for that? Player pushback, or are you talking about why they privacy. haven't been placed for? Yeah. Yeah, the privacy. I imagine. So you know, last podcast we were kind of cryptic about who the two heat positives were. And now Goran, <laughs> Goran Dragic uh, did us a favor and kind of revealed that it was Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn uh, who had uh, Everybody can get off of their high horse. Yeah, there we go. Including everybody, you. Everybody including you. Because, because you, Giancarlo, were the on, you were on the high horse on top of the people who were on a high horse. <laughs> yeah, I was When you I had a whole 20-minute minute segment with David Ramil about... <laughs> <laughs> about people who are not uh, giving the names of the of the players who got COVID and whether or not they should feel good about doing that. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is such a terrible. Yo, it was Why so did they funny. do this? So then, when when Goran said that, Ramil DM me, and he goes, he goes, oh, this is he goes, this is this is a bad look. This is a bad look. I go, Goran's a hero of the truth. <laughs> Goran look. definitely didn't mean to say that. Yo, for sure. <laughs> poor Goran, dude. Barry Jackson saw his opportunity and took it. <laughs> of course, man. Yo, Barry's of a course. pro, dude. That was bro. Barry's a pro. Totally trapped Goran coming off the pick. Got the turtle. Oh, he's the one who asked the question. I think. I mean, I, I don't. I don't have the video. I, Barry's the one that reported it. Barry tweeted it. I think more than one person tweeted it. I, I Gordon think Barry, Dragic for the listen. win for the people. Best Gordon. Gordon's played all year. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be Sands, Bam, and Nun for a while. Well, um, I mean, Leif, Leif, Leif says that he thinks that they're going to play uh, whenever that whenever they start playing, that they're going to be they're going to be ready. Yeah. So yeah. I think Ethan heard the same thing that, that they're going to be back for the restart. I don't know if they'll be back for the scrimmages, which, by the way, are a week away from the first scrimmage. Let's uh, go, baby. Justice? First heat scrimmage is on the 22nd, I believe. It's, it's against first, Memphis. It's first, I think it's is it versus Memphis. I think the first one's versus Memphis. Here we go. The reunion, baby. Listen, we're gonna listen, we're gonna be a justice heavy show later. Um, oh, I'm here for that. Oh, dude, we're, yeah, we're 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 very pro justice over here. <laughs> I was literally, I told you guys before the show that I was playing basketball alone, wearing a justice better shirt. Let's go. Very sad situation, you know, ugly weather outside. Yeah, it's been really <laughs> awful. It's been it's it's ranged from incredibly overly sunny to incredibly overly rainy. There's no in between in South Florida. Summer in South Florida is. Just terrible. Nikaias, you don't know. You're over there, and it's probably really nice over there in the Carolinas. Oh, it's a humid as all get out over here, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, hot, humid. Jimmy Butler has Doi's complaint. Yo, what was that? So Jimmy has this thing with the Doi's complaint. (laughs) Yes. He's dribbling a basketball at, what, like, some ungodly. He's doing that on purpose, right? Because that's when his body is, like, used to, you know, practicing at 3.30 a.m., right? (laughs) Like what? What's going on there? Like, does Jimmy just say, "You know what? I'm gonna fuck with everybody. I'm gonna start. Dr- I'm gonna do dribbles, practice drills." Look, man, if he started out the off season coming in for at least three a.m., four a.m. Uh, <laughs> practices and whatnot, like I feel like he's. When are we gonna have a discussion that Jimmy's an insomniac? When are we oh, gonna? We're gonna talk about it, dude. I'm there. You think other players are pissed? It's like, dude, stop. Like, stop trying so hard. Like, we get it. 
I think it is, dude. So the first scrimmage is on the 22nd versus the Kings, and they got the Jazz three days later, and then three days after that, they got Memphis. Okay, so but, they do have Memphis. It's just but hold on. I want to discuss why is there why does there have to be conspiracy theories about everything, right? And uh I don't understand this whole Jimmy faked the noise complaint. I don't think he like, where's, just, where's the logic behind that? I, I'm I'm asking out of curiosity because it just didn't make sense to me. Does anybody uh, understand this theory? But no, nah, man. A lot of people just don't like Jimmy because they they a lot of people call him like a tryhard. Like when the same thing oh, with yeah. the stuff he is about a the three a.m. He is. He is. He is. But I mean. <laughs> Like I, I love the picture of just like a security guard knocking on Jimmy's door. He's in. He said he's in full practice gear and full sweat. And Jimmy, you <laughs> had Jimmy going, what? <laughs> like, like Jimmy's just Excuse like. Excuse me. Uh, we have a dribbling what complaint. What if it's I, just it's just like part of his two a days, and it's like he, that's just how he like winds down, just like Chris some Paul's dribbling drills. Totally called right. Chris Paul called to complain about the noise. Are they in the same hotel? Somebody, so I mean, somebody, somebody, oh my God. somebody no. had to be like, because I'm sure he showed the players though. So somebody had to be like, this motherfucker is drilling at whatever, <laughs> drilling at whatever time this is. I need some sleep. I don't want to be up at 2 a.m. working out. I'm pretty sure the Thunder are in the second tier hotel, the one with the Sixers. Oh. You, know, you know, the team's not as good as the Heat. I just want to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like to. I like to imagine that that some of the players like that are afraid to snitch, telling Chris like, hey, you know, this guy's being a little loud. <laughs> Could you do something for me, pal? So Chris is the conduit to snitching. Yeah. I can so totally Chris is that. a tip line for the tip line. I mean, he's on top, man. He, he's he got the security. It's, it's not a terrible theory. But again, why? The, the Jimmy faking thing, what is it based on? Because so many people are like really it's like It's a little ridiculous. That. Like, I think we as Heat fans and have like kind of like are closer to the team and covered. I think we know that he's just genuinely this like Kobe Bryant level of crazy about working out and work ethic and stuff like that. Right. I think people look at it from the outside and think, well, this is a f-? like, he's just, he's doing this for attention. I could totally what? see how someone would think that. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's, th- that's something that like people outside of, of the Miami bubble kind of, <laughs> under uh, you know, don't understand. Right. Or at least uh, they kind of, Jimmy's just kind of a meme for this guy who's blazed a trail across the league. I don't even think you'd even other do cities. That. I got, I like UD is like the the pinnacle of work ethic. I don't think UD is out here like doing workouts at a hotel. It's not on UD to carry the team, and he's Jimmy's the one with all the pressure who turned down LeBron and Kawhi in the offseason <laughs> to come over here and play with Bam. Good choice, superstar, future. Superstar. We never discussed. So because of that decision, does that make Bam transactionally better than Kawhi and LeBron? Yes. Okay. Obviously. I mean, okay. no that's doubt. How, that's how this works. This is this is the internet. This is how we do things. Um, I like. I, I guess we got to do our obligatory bubble takes. I, you know, it's been, it's been weird. Like where I think it's pretty clear that it's gonna happen. As it is, I mean, there was that Sacramento Kings player uh, whose name I don't remember uh, that w- stepped outside the line to get his Uber Eats. Or Sean, Holmes. Sean Holmes. Rashawn Holmes, right? So, um. It would appear they're taking it seriously. Uh, a lot of listen. I don't know. Did they not I, get Uber Eats on campus? No, right? They're not allowed to do that. Some delivery. Of yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Probably their Jim Tillum Fertitta order service. It can't be like a middleman there to like disinfect that, the. I listen, I don't like that. Does it shouldn't be the, this hard? Like an employee that's. Oh, I forgot. Forgot the employees are not part of the bubble. Bro, like, it shouldn't be this hard. Uber said that. 
Didn't Ubre say that that you can order it, but you just got to go pick it up because they won't yeah. hold it for you? Yeah, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, and then Rashawn Holmes apparently did it. <laughs> now he's in quarantine. No, the Michael Beasley thing was funny. Like, you know, if anybody no, had... No, it's not. <laughs> like, he was the, he the Vegas COVID. pick. That's not funny. It's not I was funny. so excited for Beasley, man. It, it's it, you're right, Alex. You're absolutely right. It's not. I think we forget that this is a virus, but this is a I mean, sad time. As I look Michael at my Beasley, poster featuring Michael Beasley, is very sad time. Being irresponsible and wandering the campus where he should have been, I think, is the least surprising thing about 2020. It's also great because he was going to be suspended for the first six games, anyways. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was serving. I don't remember what it was for, but I saw something serving like what? Beasley. Beasley had a six game suspension. <laughs> Beasley punched it. I'm out. I'm out. Was he really suspended? Yeah, he was already. Yeah, he's mid suspension. Oh. Yeah, he's just like. Oh, like he would be suspended. I love this guy. Anti drug policy. He got. He got it while he was a free agent. He's oh, boycotting. Really? He's boycotting. <laughs> <laughs> He has his whole career. Starting at that, you remember that that uh, story from when Beasley got drafted and him and Chalmers uh, in the rookie uh, oh, the, the ch- rookie symposium. The rookie. Yes, 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 that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Oh my god! Since day one, how has Rio not been signed yet? I don't know. It's disrespectful. He's, frankly. And he's posting on his, uh, workouts and stuff. And he's he's tried. He's I mean, tried. I'd like him. I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, he, it he, is. I'm, if no one else is going to say it, I'm going to say it. it is frankly just disrespectful. Neglect. It's it's neglect for the Lakers <laughs> to not look at this guy. If, the, if if they do have a spot, I'm not sure. If, I think they do. Rondo's out six eight weeks, baby. Yeah, because they signed Dion, Dion and Jr. before Rondo went out. So I don't know if they get a spot for that. I don't understand how it works. But if they do, because it's neglect not, if they don't look at Chalmers. Every Valley didn't go. So they're going to have that extra roster spot on top of whatever injury exception they get. Or Well, I'm just going to say it. If they, if they don't win and they did not sign Chalmers, I'm going to blame it on that. And I think we all should. This episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They work with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. And unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. I just received my ladder package in the mail, and I'm not one for pre-workouts, but this one tasted and felt amazing. It gave me all the energy I needed for that last set, and it made all the difference in my workout. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use code HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. That's HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. All right, guys, so there's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you want even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournament, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, 
your online wagering experts. You know, I think it's becoming more and more clear that it, it might be like who's healthiest by the end. Cause if like guys are getting sick or if guys are going down, there's no, like the Lakers have a lot thinner of a margin for error with their really thin guard rotation now. Uh, and mean the heat, you know, we don't, we, listen, we don't know what guys health is going to be like down the road and the effects of this virus. And Rudy Gobert said to a French paper or something that he's still feeling some lingering effects of COVID. Like he doesn't really hundred percent have a sense of smell back. Zach Lowe said on his podcast that he's talked to some high level athletes that feel like it took them months to get back to like their normal, like fitness and stuff like that. So, you know, they're like, we look at it like, oh, these guys get COVID and then, oh, they'll come back and they'll be fine or whatever. They'll serve their quarantine and they'll come back and be productive. Like we don't, there's a chance that, yeah, that could happen, but there's a, there's a very real chance that they're not right. And these guys already have a long layoff and they're not going to be like a hundred percent in game shape. And especially a guy like Bam, who's asked to do so much on both ends of the floor and Kendrick Nunn, who has to do a lot on offense despite his age. Like, I don't, it's a little concerning. And again, I think it's a little irresponsible when we don't know enough about this virus to throw these guys out there into a high, like leverage sports athletic situation, not knowing the condition of their, of their lungs with this virus. So it's, it's, it's weird, man. I don't know. I mean, the season's going to happen. It's not, it, it is what it is. I mean, but here that that's where we kind of are with this. I have a feeling now about, uh, you know, basketball basically being around the corner. You don't know how you feel? No, I'm asking you because I know you've kind of been back and forth about it. Uh, I've mean, been back in basketball mode for a while, man. I can't. I just can't. It's, it's, it's in my, my nature, even though I've been firmly on the side of, you know, they shouldn't be doing this. So I got to be honest, and I'm curious as to Frankie and Nikaias' feelings. Like, I haven't really missed basketball that much. I mean, I've been going crazy in quarantine. I've been very good. I've barely left my house. I think I've left my house like five times since March. I've been like very good. Uh, and I'm going crazy, but I don't really like miss basketball uh, that that much. But I'm starting to get excited for it to come back, like talking about it, writing about it, looking at numbers, kind of like theorizing, you know, talking to you guys like, oh, what are they going to do against the Celtics defensively, blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of got, and then seeing like MLS is back and NWSL. So I've been watching soccer. So I'm like, oh, yes. How about the, the TBT clips? The what? The, the basketball tournament. And how they, you know, they're doing their own bubble. Are they in Orlando or are they in Ohio? I think the other ones that are in Ohio. So Ohio, See, like, yeah, I think Ohio. Okay. Like, I like the way that looks. Like, if the, if the bubble, like, if the games look like that on TV, like, I could get into that. It's going to look kind of like the big three, right? Just with the full court. It's going to just a lot like what you saw there. Just the I bigger think guys. that they're going to do a good job with that. Um, all right, so I do want to get into some X's and O's talk here today. Uh, I actually wrote words. I haven't written words in a very long time. This whole calendar year, I haven't written a single basketball word. Uh, and on heatbeatmiami.com, you can find my newest piece, Thorns and Switches, Heat Defense and How It's Improving. And something that I've talked a lot about the show and something I've been really looking closely is the Heat's kind of defensive scheme and what they've been doing post-trade. So I know we've talked a lot about, you know, justice in the trade and the future versus now and Iguodala and Crowder and blah, 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 blah. But the point is, is that it happened and here we are. And the biggest reason for the trade, I believe, is the Heat needed some sort of answer on defense. Um, and I, I think what the Heat are going to try to do is they're going to try to be a little more flexible on the perimeter and they're going to really try to switch more. Um, I think... It's unreasonable to ask Jimmy Butler to 
be the best player on defense perimeter wise and also run the whole offense, which involves him going to the rim almost every possession and taking a beating, especially because his jump shots just not there. He's shooting like 25% from three and 30% from like mid range. It's, it's really like not good. It's completely abandoned him. Uh, and he's been able to kind of keep the heat alive uh, with the free throw shooting and the creating shots for others. Um, Nikaias, I know we've talked a lot about this, but how how do you feel like the switching is going to go going forward? Like their 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 defense has been incredibly switch heavy. They've I think the, what the, the they've done it the fifth most times in the league since February 9th. So they're committed. Oh, it's not the probably not the answer you want, but honestly, I don't know. <laughs> like it just. Sometimes that's the right answer. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really all I have to offer on that front. Like conceptually, I get it. Uh, they want to keep bodies in front. That's been the the biggest issue why their paint defense has been as bad as it's been. You know, Bam has mostly played four on defense this year, which is mean which means Myers Leonard as your back line guy or Kelly Olynyk as your back line guy, and the Heat have tried to do everything. Um, they've ran their traditional drop, dropping their bigs back further than usual. They've ran a lot of 2-3 zone, try to keep guys from getting into the paint. Like, they're doing their best to prevent rim attempts because they know once opponents get to the basket, there isn't much of a deterrence there. With that in mind, what do you make of the fact that they limit opponents' attempts at the rim? I think they're like first or second or something in opponent attempts at the rim, uh, but the opponents shoot like the second or third highest percentage at the rim. I was just going to say, they don't have a single good rim protector outside of Bam. Like, Chris Silva isn't there. Chris Silva is still learning how to play basketball, which isn't like a diss. Like, he legitimately has not been playing basketball for long, and now he's in the NBA. So, like, the Heat don't trust him enough to give him heavy reps. Mm -hmm. Uh, Myers Leonard is fine positionally, but he, you know, he's not a stout rim protector. Kelly Olenek has the same arm issue that Tyler Hero has. So, I mean, Derrick Jones Jr. I mean, if you want to play him at the five, then good luck, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, they just don't have a guy that really prevents shots at the rim outside of Bam, and you need Bam defending those more mobile fours. And that's why so, Spoel went to his zone so much before the trade, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the Heat have been doing just about anything they can to keep guys out of the paint. And, and they've that, succeeded. That is, yeah, like, they limit those rim shots, but also they're, what, the second or third worst team in terms yeah. of the percentage of shots from three? So like they, they, they're, they're one quick question defense. for Nikaias. Nikaias is somebody who we played on 2K and he's very much like a coach with this stuff. Given the roster that Spo was given this year, very, very deep, but we've talked about it a bunch of times. You know, Jimmy and Bam kind of duly carrying on defense and given the type of guys that they had, like basically, you know, a bunch of bad defenders, Myers and Kelly, guys who know where to be, but just physically are not great defenders. Would you have done a similar thing? Like, Scheme-wise, defensively, would you have done the drop? Would you have done kind of uh, going to zone sometimes? Would you have done anything differently? I'm actually curious about this. Uh, That's actually a good question. I would probably lean with the drop and just hope that – and just have the big play up a little bit higher and just kind of hope that you prevent some – I mean, just – The angle. Yeah, just kind of hope those opponents take more mid-range jumpers or more floaters and just kind of bank there because you don't want to give up. You don't want the middle to be exposed and give up a bunch of threes. So, like, I do I do think it's good that Miami has kind of picked the struggle, so to say. 
like, okay, we're going to give a bunch of threes, but you're not going to get to the rim a lot. So that, I mean, that makes sense. But I also don't know how they really improve upon that with the roster they have right now. They just don't have a really good point of attack guy. Man, I watched a lot of film the last couple of days. And something I came away with is that it's not really entirely Myers or Kelly's fault. I think that those are easy guys to look at and say like, oh, I think it's just the, the, the collective. Like there's a lot of guys who kind of have, are flawed defensively. And I think that that makes it a lot of times Jimmy and Bam having to clean up the mess or, you know, Derek Jones Jr. sometimes. But but now that they have more options, I think they can kind of run more, more lineups with more variety and stuff like that to kind of clean up those gaps. But I feel like 14 was a, was a ceiling with that team, right? But with, without Justice, with Dion and JJ not playing much, 14 on defense felt like the ceiling. I think if you look at them and you say they have Bam and Jimmy, two all defensive caliber players, I think that you th- I think that you'd expect them to be a little higher. Um, Frankie, so kind of posing Alex's question back at you. So I know that you coach. If you're doing something like the Heat. Do you, do you kind of stick with the drop? Do you like their kind of process of switching? Do you maybe go a little more zone? Um, I, I do like the switching a lot more because especially now that they have the bodies. Um, one of the problems with their 2-3 has been, it's, it's just the bodies that they have. Uh, since you have guys like Goron who really can't stay in front of anybody in a man and, and a 2-3, t- uh, you, you normally have your guards up top. They have to put Goron on the bottom. So when they uh, a team starts their action, uh, and they get the all the defense the, on the back line uh, overloading. They have Goran on the weak side. That's going to be easy. He he's he's not going to stop anybody at the rim. He's not going to stop anybody from getting an offensive rebound. And that's just one of the things that it's it's tough that because of the trade. You know, obviously Justice was hurt all year, but he was a guy with his length and his versatility that would would have helped. But as it is, you got the the only guy that they really have point of attack is Derek Jones, and he's 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 a do it all guy too uh, in the sense of Bam that he can stay in front of guys, he can he can rim protect, he can uh, do it all on defense pretty much. So I I'm seeing him. He's gonna play. He's gonna have to play a lot a big role in the postseason. Hopefully, uh, Iggy is is a lot better, um, and and Jay too. Jay. Jay, he's they they had to use him to against guards because they just only have Derrick Jones. Like the the game against uh, Atlanta when Trey Young lit lit them up, okay. Jay was guarding him, and it was like it was it not was favorable. Bad. It was not bad. Uh, but Frankie, you know, would you just, would would you put Goron and Kendrick Nunn back at the top of the zone if you were to if you were in their situation because of everything you explained there with why they're kind of weak as the guys covering the corners in a two, three zone. I, I like none up there. Cause he's strong. He's, he he's just got to get better he, right he, here. Right. He, he likes playing the passing lanes too. So he, I, I like him getting deflections up there and he's not, he's not going to back down from anybody. The thing with Goron is just the, the foot speed. He's just not going to bother guys. Uh, he, he's strong too, but he's not, he's not going to impose anybody. Like he's not going to stop anybody. Um, he's more like upper body strength, like, you know, finishing contact and stuff like that. As far as like to stop a drive, you know, to, to bother somebody, uh, in with his foot, foot speed, it's just not there anymore. He's 34. It's, it's tough to 34, 35. I don't know when he's right there, but he's, uh, it's just not there. It's, you know, it is what it is. That's why they, they're going to have to play a lot of zone. Uh, you know, barring 
Iggy, Crowder, guys like that, be, being able to hit shots and letting them play man and switch. Uh, but it, it, all those guys that they've gotten in these trades, they need to put, be able to play defense need to, and hit shots. So, you know, Spo isn't going to have to decide, do I, am I going to go defense, offense here all game uh, or down the stretch? But like the dropping scheme, I, I like it a lot more than, than the hedging. Um, one thing that we don't talk about a lot is, yeah, we did the trade, but Myers was hurt. Uh, Myers hasn't played like uh, I don't know how long and he was a big he's been in their best lineup it Bam playing the four we we know Bam's been saying he wants to be a four he likes playing playing the four he doesn't like the beating doesn't like the the pressure inside let let him play off Myers and and, you know him playing with a floor spacer uh, helps his offense too but um, Myers is it you know I agree with Nikias he's not a great defender but he's so loud. He's the loudest guy in the NBA. He knows, he, he talks, he calls out screens and he's a huge body. You're replacing a, whoever, a six, six Jay Crowder with a seven foot Myers Leonard. And you're going to help your, your defense out. Uh, at the Hey, can I say that I was just listening to Myers Leonard and Zach Lowe podcast today. And he mentioned that, you know, they were kind of talking about how he's on the back line of defense, like you're, like you're yeah. saying. And, uh, supposedly earlier in the year, January or February. I know that's hard to remember what that was, what those months were like. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I honestly can't remember a thing from those months. But uh, what do you call it? He said that at that point, there was people kind of dragging defense down consistently. He didn't say it exactly what I'm saying. I'm kind of par- uh, paraphrasing, but he said that the, it was constantly the same mess ups. And he kind of made it sound like it was pre trade. So I'm guessing one or more of those guys are probably involved with that, but I thought that was interesting because uh, it applies to all of this. I don't really think the guys they traded were the issues, though. Me neither. Me neither. You, you know I've been on the side of all of those guys as far as defensively. They don't have a guy like... like Justice is, yeah. was oh the God. best screen avoider on the team. I mean, the way that he would dance between screens he's just too big. magical. He's, he, his IQ was so good on defense, and he's too big to like be affected yeah, by his screens the way none is. I mean, Warren if none were to become better on that, jammed. on that end... Just from you know being able to guard the screens better, if he would improve on that and slightly, if that if he improved on that in these past few months, I think that would be a huge plus. Goran and Nun are fourth the fourth physical tools. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely does. You remember in the in the early in the season when he was you know playing playing the two, um, he was just bothering guys off the ball. He was being overly aggressive, and I think the scouting report is has come to fruition a little bit there where he's they're just attacking his uh, over aggressiveness so, so he's, he's like, kind of like yeah a little bit but he's trying to like find the balance and that that's i'd rather t- a guy who's too aggressive you know you're trying to find the balance there off the ball than a guy who's just gonna be uh, a nothing uh traffic going off the ball so, so he's like, definitely got the tools he's strong he's long and uh very fast see, yeah Something that concerns me about them is that their fourth and fifth in minutes are Goron and Nunn. And mm-hmm. those are kind of the guys that I look at as the big issues, especially in the pick and roll. Like those guys get jammed on screens. They really don't do it much. And so something I've liked about the drop is that uh, the the switch rather is that they don't switch everything. So for example, like if they're, if they're, I, I mentioned, I had this in the piece. So there was a play where uh, they switched Jay Crowder onto Luka Doncic. Uh, it was him and Jimmy Butler in the pick and roll. And then Seth Curry comes to screen for Luca, and that was Goran's man. And Goran does a hard show on the pick and roll, kind of gives Jay some time to recover. So they're they're not even switching every off ball screen, 
they're kind of being selective about it. So off ball, like Bam will switch stuff, especially in that Atlanta game. Bam will switch and off ball screens like crazy, uh, which I think is a nice little wrinkle. Uh, I think something that I know you guys are going to make fun of me, something that Toronto does really well is that they'll mix in a lot of really weird, different coverages. Like you don't, they don't get, you don't get the same looks every time. And I think that's something it that makes could, sense. It's like you, it, play, you play to your people, your, your players' strengths offensively. Why not do that on defense? It just kind of have like Goran knew, like in that example, you're touting there from your story, Goran knew to kind of show hard and then go right back to the guy and, and, and I think like that's something that they drilled down and you could know, but because they're constantly doing it. And I think that's one of the ways that they kind of mitigate and have been able to get to, you know, middle of the pack defensively, even though most of their rotation is filled with guys who are just not great on defense. So White like something that Oh something that uh something that worries. What happened? What did I what did you say? I missed it. I said white guys too. Oh, <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> I think that sometimes like Carlos never heard of the word subtle. Yeah, I know he did. (laughs) (laughs) Something that something that I think is difficult for teams is like when you have a scheme, it's like okay, we're we're switching everything, right? That's easy because you know we're switching everything. But when you're only switching selective matchups, and if a good team knows that you're doing that, you know it's it's easy to get guys confused when you have lots of off-ball screens. So like if let's say they're not switching Goran onto Luca, but they'll switch Goran onto Tim Hardaway Jr. for an example. Like that's stuff that the players got to have in their mind. So if a good team is like, you know, a well-coached team like the Mavs, they can just off ball screen you to hell and they can get you really confused until they get the matchup they want so and then kill you. It, it works to logic that let's say the, the, I mean, it might even happen in the first round two of the playoffs, but I think versus better teams or some of the best teams in the East, they're going to end up. Well, Philly's a big <laughs> team though. So playing Goran out that my point was going to be about the point guards and playing Goran and none, it's just going to be tough versus those teams unless they're playing uh, like Cork Mars or something like that. Now, baby. Simmons, Simmons quit being point guard. Listen, I'm not sticking ball. a point guard on Ben Simmons in the paint so he could just get a bunch of offensive rebounds and then kill us that way. But uh, uh, what do you call it? I was going to say my, my point about none and Dragic is that it, it's, it stands to logic that they're going to end up not playing in closing stretches and that we're kind of going to end up seeing lineups that are a little bit bigger, a little bit switchier, maybe probably without Myers Leonard. Spotrust and something I brought up to some of, some of you guys in the chat is that it's kind of I played around with the idea of a closing stretch where Jimmy is your point of attack defender and you've got Nick Wadala and Crowder there maybe. You know, I'm not, I'm not set on a, on, a, on a specific five, but you know what I'm saying? Like we have somebody else like Iguodala or Crowder guard the wing, depending on the team, and have Jimmy just be your point of attack defender whether you're switching or not just to have somebody bigger and rougher up there. So they're not abusing you on, on, on that weakness. To your point, those four guys, Iggy Butler, Crowder and Bam have played 20 minutes together. Nikias, would you like to guess their net rating in those 20 minutes? Uh, 20 minutes has to be something absurd. It's like plus 40. (laughs) Frankie, Uh what do you think? Plus 33. Minus 70. Yeah. That's bad. 143 <laughs> defensive rating. Small sample size. 73. Jeez. No, it's incredibly small and it just <laughs> doesn't matter. It's it's so mathematically irrelevant. Uh, Wait, what was the, rate, the defensive rating? Uh, 143. <laughs> wow. Yikes. <laughs> so it hasn't worked. It's been small. I'm sure if they go back to it, the numbers will even out. It's like nobody's that bad. Those guys are too smart at basketball. What's going to uh, even out quicker, Jay Carter's three or that? Oh, that, oh. 
<laughs> bro, I am listen, I know next week we're gonna have more of a show focused on the offense, but that's whew, that scares me. No, I mean I trust Jay Crowder's three a little bit more than I did pre-trade, but yeah. I did too. I have to eat but, crow on but that. But what do you think about that idea though? At least I'm for posing stretches. I'm curious about what Nikias thinks about that. Come With on. Jimmy kind of playing more of a point of attack defense late in games in the playoffs, and you have Jimmy and Andre on the wings with Bam. Plus, probably don't like it. Jay just, may or may not be there. I mean, I think with Justice gone, like Jimmy's going to be your best bet at the point of attack. Honestly, Derrick Jones Jr. is probably second. I would imagine the Heat are probably, if they're going to close with DJJ, that means he's making shots because I don't see how that works otherwise. I don't see how they use Did him you see what he said yesterday? I did not. What did he say? I was on the Zoom call. He did the, the media availability there, and he was saying that he, he just kept emphasizing how much better he says he got as a shooter. And I know we've that heard this before. Said that yes. in the season too. This is like he Shaq losing weight. I've he heard said this that before. In multiple in off seasons. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, I don't know how good of a shooter he could be. I don't know how much access to basketball hoops he had during this time. Was he in Miami this whole time? Does, I, think does anybody so. I think the only two that weren't were Solomon Hill and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's what I, exactly. So I, I don't know where he was playing, uh, but like a mini. Uh, he also he said that he he feels like he's a lot better at decision making and defense, and he he kind of emphasized those as well after emphasizing the shooting. Do you think? So that I want to see if he actually improves on anything. Do you think the two K helped his decision making? <laughs> Honestly, no. Don't even do that. You listen. I didn't call you out earlier for you unironically. Nikias, Nikias, I appreciate your two K coaching. What do you think about the Heat's drop defense? Listen, <laughs> like listen, that's something listen. that you said without a hint of irony. That was one of the most embarrassing <laughs> moments of my life because I know Frankie personally, and I don't know why I didn't ask him first because he's literally coach. No, like it Frankie's was... a coach, and Alex is like, "Yo, Nikias, give me your two K expertise." I'm just kind of like kill our ranked online PS4 on the leaderboard. You're killing it. What do you think? Uh, (laughs) He's out here like, I'm with the clipboard. Well, listen, I'm just trying to get this, you know, just like Spo, I'm trying to get the best out of the talent that we have here. Nikias and Frankie. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm very much like a fighter pilot making decisions in real time, just like David Blatt said that one time. But, uh... That was a legendary quote. If Smoke can talk to Chip Kelly and get anything good out of him, then I feel like you can ask me about CK. I have a special no! ask to bear with Chip Kelly, man. Oh, oh that's wow. right. You're an Eagles fan. Eagles yeah, and Caius but... in the house. Yo, like Eagles Nikias is opposite of Heat Nikias because Heat Nikias is very like thorough. Very, he's like, I don't stand. <laughs> I'm just here for for objective analysis. And the Eagles, it's like throw the party. You're so much oh. more fun on Eagles Twitter. Look, man, that that's like the one. Well, them are like United as I'm like growing as a soccer fan, but like that's like the one place I can just be like an actual fan. So I can just yell about stuff. I don't care about being right. Like I, I want to be angry when I'm angry. For attempt, who cares about that? <laughs> I don't care, man. I need okay, Carson to throw for United. Hold on, wait a second. Why the hell did you pick? like? Nobody likes United. Why did you do that? Look, man, Marcus Rashford is my incredibly large son, and uh, that's all the <laughs> that's all the reason I need. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Since when is the Kaisa United fan? I was like, oh no. That's that's all. That's the only answer I need, Sean. That's all. Uh, that's all. <laughs> all right, yo. I want to close out the show with a little KZ. Wait, Frankie o- never. Frankie never answered the question. I didn't want to leave him out again. Answer the question quick, because we are running out of time. What was the question? I, I just forgot it. About Jimmy's point of attack defender with Iguodala oh. and Crowder closing lineups. Maybe another coach. shooter in not, there. Non two K edition. 
it, it's definitely going to depend on matchups uh, in the playoffs because, you know, if we're Big playing Celtics, Raptors, yeah, Bucks, we're you know, the, the, the top three teams, I'm not maybe. Scared of the, I'm not scared of the Bucks. I'm only scared of the Celtics. The they, Celtics how do you feel about against those teams? The Celtics terrify me. Uh, we def- They have the bodies and the length. It's just. It's just guys got to hit shots to, to to show their value on both ends. Uh, we don't have enough two way guys. We got to make sure uh, you know Jay's got to hit shots. Iggy's got to got to be valuable. He's he's gonna make good passes. He's gonna space the floor. He's gonna he's one thing you you talked about with the off ball screening and stuff on, on switch heavy defense. We know defenses get switch heavy, especially uh, in the fourth quarter. Iggy is extremely good at slipping screens on a switch when when there's no contact there. So it, that could get us a lot of easy buckets. Uh, it's all just depends on on matchups. But I, I like I like Jimmy at point of the attack, especially you know once Tyler's back and and Meyer's back. So some of the so the rotation's a little deeper, and uh, we're not having the to to run Jimmy forty minutes uh, to to tire him. So he'll have the energy hopefully. I think that's like strictly an end of game thing, and I also think that like when it counts, when it's a high leverage situation, it's Bam at the five, and Kelly and Myers mm. aren't going to be on the floor. I just, I just don't envision a. Scenario. Said are or uh, aren't aren't like I honestly. Well, that's what I'm saying though. The only scenario that I can see happening is like if Kelly's having like a six for eight night, and Duncan doesn't have it, and they're like, "All right, Kelly, you're out there with Bam," because uh, I mean, I imagine that for sure they're going. I I think. Jimmy, Bam, and Duncan have to be on the floor at the end of games at this point. I was going to say, what do you envision the five to be? I think a lot of people have kind of varied and said that, you know, we, we've all kind of said that Bam, Jimmy, and Duncan are the three most important players. So maybe you always want them out there for your most important moments. And then the, the kind of other two vary depending on who's playing better that game, specific matchups. I think where, where do you lean more? In a perfect world? Like maybe. If, and if, we're mostly talking, I think, about like playoffs versus, the, you know, the best teams. Type if thing. you're... If the Heat are optimized, if they're like firing at all cylinders, I think the high end of what they can do would be those three plus Andre and Jay. I think that that's the high end of anything that they do. Like if those guys are going to play at the level that we hope that they can play, that's it. Whether they do that or not, it's a different story. And if Andre can't hit any shots and if he's struggling on defense, they might just have to go none because he can kind of attack closeouts and he's really crafty in pick and roll and he's been really patient. Interesting, uh, you go to none over here who's been, you know, kind of their best four quarter player. You know, there was. You, I forgot about him. He's been he's been out for so wow. long and, and yeah. none's, none's, Harold, listen. Harold's the only guy getting buckets in the offseason and and you're doing that <laughs> there. Yeah. Uh I think a couple of shows ago, Chris Hernandez said if his uh, if his quarantine's any indication of his play, we're winning a title. I low key think he's one of the most important players for this whole thing. Like if there, there's small chance that a run towards the conference finals is based on a world where J- not only is Jimmy hitting mid-range shots when they drop, but also against all these teams that uh, utilize the drop system like Milwaukee, uh, like Toronto does sometimes with Gasol. I know they're more complex than that. Boston will sometimes do that with Tice. I think that world is one where Hero and Duncan are just kind of abusing teams on the top of the floor. And I you think know, Alex, that's I kind mean, of like their ceiling. So, and everybody else has to be making threes, of course, like they were all season. They were top three in three-point shooting all season. So I think they kind of have to keep that, and Hero and Duncan have to uh, abuse that. All right, real quick, Alex, I know you were tweeting about KZ, Opala, your boy. I wasn't. I thought you were. <laughs> I was not tweeting about I KZ. Were, I thought you talked to KZ. I was on the KZ. Zoom call. 
Oh, wait, no. Are you talking about what, what Spo said yesterday where KZ is bigger and he has potential? Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you got that directly from KZ. Never mind. I thought well, I, I thought that I found that interesting because I think if if he contributes and if he is what we hope he can be, I know Frankie, you're a big KZ guy. Uh, that adds another. Reaper. That's another guy that you can throw out there that can kind of switch. We're going to give him the Slim Reaper instead since KD declined it. Yes, it was the first thing I could think of. We'll can we retroactively give him that? Oh, you're big on him, right? I mean, his name's KZ. Like he doesn't really need a nickname. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> I, uh, Let's just go with that. No, it's a great combination good. of two letters, right? Right. Yeah, no, you're never heard right. of it. Um, no, he's he's going to be good. I don't know if he'll be ready this season. He's a guy. He's the guy that I'm expecting to take over uh, for DJJ's role in the rotation. Because I, I don't. I, I mean, I know we heard these rumors that that they want to bring him back, and he loves it here. But I don't know how the money's going to work with 2021 in mind. Uh, but he's he's got a ton of talent. Uh, he's one of those guys who was a late bloomer, uh, shot up uh, height wise. Uh, so he has a lot of guard skills, as, and as a six eight guy, that's really useful. He's considered um, a first round talent, right? Yeah, he he was first round talent. He slipped in. I forgot why he slipped exactly, but he slipped right to the to second round. He he'd actually traded up for him. I don't I don't remember the last time. I think the last time that he traded up for a second round pick was for Rio. No, so, so they trade up for Shabazz. Nabier. Yeah. Oh, Did they Napier's still in the league. Huh? Shabazz was the first round guy, was he not? No, that's like round. No, Shabazz is first round. Shabazz is first round. He was like 24. Shabazz, Napier. Did they they trade up for Norris Cole? Or I I might be misremembering that. 24, you're right. Did they trade up for Norris Cole or not? No. I don't remember. For some reason, I feel like there was a trade that, that... Chalmers, drive, but, uh, but they, didn't they trade for Chalmers after the fact? Chalmers had been drafted and then they traded. Yeah, he was. What was it, Memphis who drafted him? Or the only young yeah, talent they had thriving here in the Holy <laughs> Three era, and some Norris Cole. <laughs> Yo, Norris, that game against the Celtics when he was hitting mid-range jumpers everywhere. You remember that game? That was so oh, yeah. live. Oh, that was wasn't that his first game in the league or something well, like that? Yeah, yeah. Night. yeah. Well, not, I that. That. No, it was, it was that a TNT was game. It was like it was it was really early in the season, and he had yeah, it was like the third game of the season or something. It was big yeah, yeah, it was it was the first home game though. I remember that because we we opened the season at uh, Christmas against Dallas, and then and then North School was uh, the Boston game. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, Nikias, before we go, are you in or are you out on KZ Apollo? Uh, I mean, I need to see more on ball reps. I feel like. Like, the Sacramento game still kind of sticks out in my head where he was just kind of all over the place in the zone. So, like, if he has that kind of length and he has some actual ball skills, I think that he might have something for the second unit. So, I just need to see a little bit more from him. I'm leaning in, though. Are you are you more concerned about the offense or the defense with him? Uh, more concerned about the offense. Because, there, I mean, we still don't have, like, a large sample size of his shot. And I think that's really going to be – that's going to be the path to him actually getting time on the court if he can shoot because the length is there defensively. Do you so think can, they get to 11th or 12th in defense? I guess there's only uh, eight games left. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, do you think they yeah, can play? Do you think they can play at that kind of level? Uh, I think they can. Actually, I'm going to say no because the eight games that they do have are going to be a little rough. bit tough. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking rough, my bad. 
But I would say, like, in a vacuum, I do think there's room for a little bit of improvement, though. I think the time off for, like, Gorn especially is going to help him a little bit defensively. So um, I can see them putting together a pretty decent effort. sure? It should. I mean, it Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. Like, he should be a little bit better after some time off. This this team has a lot of theoretically good defenders. Yeah. Yeah. A year away from being a year away. Always, baby.